While we're taking a much-needed break between seasons, we wanted to share with you some episodes from our dear friend Georgie Wolfe's podcast, The Satisfaction Project. The Satisfaction Project is your ultimate resource for enjoyable experiences with escorts and other independent hands-on sex workers. You might remember Georgie from episode 23, Somebody You Love is a Satisfaction Expert. So Georgie has given us permission to share the very first episode of her podcast titled Myth Busting with Jenna Love. And yes, that is I. Georgie and I talk about a whole bunch of misconceptions around the sex industry, some of which we've also covered on Somebody You Love. You can go to satisfactionproject.com to find a plethora of resources and you can find the other episodes of the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Georgie. How are you going? Yeah, like, you know, I'm okay. We are actually um, in lockdown. So you're in um, New South Wales and yeah. you're in lockdown. Yep. Yep. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I'm in lockdown. Yay. So look, we've both been better, basically. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of day drinking and Netflix going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we can just do something productive by talking about something that hopefully will be kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we get into that, there's just a few disclaimers that I need to put in before we start chatting. Um, firstly, um, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Um, second, there's no legal advice here either, so it's your job to know your local laws and follow them as well. Um, and last, just remember that everyone does things their own way, so no matter what we say, please follow your escort's advice. And I've kind of got an extra little disclaimer for this episode too, and it is actually the first episode um, I forgot to say that. I just plunged straight into it, but what the hell? Yeah, get in um, and, head first. Right, and this applies to all episodes, but particularly to this one because we're talking about myth-busting today and I just don't want anyone who's listening to feel like we're giving you a hard time if some of these myths are stuff that you uh, you know, that you thought were true because basically, and we'll get into this, but there's a lot of really crappy um, ideas about sex work that we see in the media and stuff like that. If you pick up a few ideas that aren't strictly correct, it's probably not your fault. So I just want to make that super clear before we start talking about this stuff. Um, you know, if we're called, if we ended up talking about something and busting a myth that maybe you hold, um, you know, we're not trying to give you a hard time. We're just trying to, uh, you know, give you better information. And we may well have believed some of those things ourselves before we got into the industry. I did. Really <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yeah, we're we're not perfect, and we don't expect anyone else to be either. Exactly right. And this is why we talk about this shit. I also swear a lot too. For fifth disclaimer, me too. <laughs> Fantastic. I knew there's a reason to get along well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look, the whole point of this episode is for us to maybe kind of bring up the the myths um, around sex work that we think. Clients might struggle with, but before we start talking about that, like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jenna, and what you do? Because you do a lot of stuff. I yeah, I do. I do do a lot. That's true. Um, so, but my main my main job and the way I kind of identify myself is as a full service sex worker, mm-hmm. and I like to explain that as meaning that I I do the sex for the cash. Um, I also create uh, online content, which basically I, I make porn. Um, and as of quite recently, I've followed in Georgie's footsteps and become a podcast host because that's the I think that's the thing to do in 2020, 2021. And yeah, that's it. What else are we going to do? Right. Um, yeah. And I, as you said, I, I like I like to think I'm an activist. Um, and yeah. 
So I would qualify that by saying, uh, firstly, I've been listening to your podcast and it's awesome. I love the vibe that the two of you have going on. It's great. Um, And I I would say you are an activist and I love the, I love the fact that we struggle so hard to, um, to really like own our stuff around that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I've been reading your thoughts on Twitter and watching your videos for like years. (laughs) Um, And yeah, Jenna is one of the best sources of good sort of humorous and realistic kind of advice about the sex industry. Oh, thank you. That's um, nice to hear. Yeah, it, it is a tough one to own because you sort of, you don't want to put yourself out there and say I'm I'm the, the voice that should be listened to or whatever because as we know that there are so many different voices and, and they all need to be listened right. to. But um, but I do, yeah, I, I do what I can and it's something I'm passionate about. So, yeah. And we should all be listened to, but of course our, our opinions are our own and our experiences are our own, but that doesn't mean you can't be an awesome activist by sharing your experiences and your your perspective. So I think it's Absolutely kind of agreed. Sorry, I had to call you on that one because I do it to myself all the time. Oh, you know, I, I guess I'm a writer. I know. I saw your face as soon as I said it and I was like, oh, I should have I should have just done it. And, yes, you are a writer. Uh, you, you are, uh, uh, like you, I think of you and you're a writer. That's, but it's it's tough, yeah. Right now I'm going for semi-professional PlayStation um, <laughs> games player, but, hey. Yeah, I'm working on cataloging the uh, the Netflix catalog. I'm, I'm sort of a librarian of yeah. Netflix reviewer. Mm, yeah, very mm. important in yeah. these times. Yeah. So, um, what I'm hoping is that maybe we can swap a few of our least favorite kind of sex work myths, and I'm hoping to really like kind of unpack why some of this stuff might suck if you're a client and you believe this stuff. How that could kind of mess with your experience if you're thinking of seeing a sex worker. Um, I've got a little list here of the ones that I particularly hate, and I imagine you probably do as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a very long list, but I think we'll just touch on a couple today. <laughs> yeah. This is a short podcast, um, but, you know, let's just let's have a play with it. So what, what do you reckon? Would you like to go first? What's your number one or what's the first, like, myth about sex workers or about escorts that comes to mind for you that just makes you go, oh, my God? I think the number one for me is the idea that you don't kiss or you don't go down on escorts or sex workers. Mm. And now the, now to say that, like, it's, it's not that there are some sex workers who don't allow kissing or don't allow you to go down on them. Certainly everybody in the industry and everybody in the world has their own boundaries and things that they're comfortable doing and not comfortable doing. But I hear a lot this oh no you don't oh you don't kiss you don't kiss you know generally they use the uh, the p word but you don't kiss sex workers um and i just think it is so uh it, it really upsets me because i think it 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 comes from this place of thinking that our clients don't treat us as humans um mm. and that our clients i think it, it sort of suggests that what uh, happens in the bookings and what people are looking for out of a booking mm-hmm. is just penis in vagina, which no of course has no intimacy. And of course, as you know, we have plenty of, of clients who either don't have penises or don't, uh, who, who maybe have penises, but they don't work like they would like them to, or they're not interested in using them or, or whatever. So that alone doesn't even right. make sense. And, uh, yeah, it just suggests that there's, it, it makes me think that there's this perception that we are blow up dolls, uh, and that somebody yeah. is, is coming to us just to be, have a very disconnected sexual experience. Yes. The vibe um, I get from this is like, oh, you know, a sex worker won't kiss you because they really think you're gross. And, um, it's, it's a very, 
you know, there's no intimacy and no connection. It's a very physical act where they'll be looking away and trying to pretend you're not there. Like it's really, oh, mm, the feeling mm. I get is really icky. Yeah, it's not nice. And I think, yeah, you've hit on something there where the idea of that kissing automatically means that it means something more. Right. Whereas kissing is just another one of the physical acts that, that we can, can do, do that feels nice. And as I said, it, you know, plenty of escorts don't want to kiss and plenty of clients don't want to kiss and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, but it doesn't make the sex less intimate. You could be doing other very absolutely. intimate things. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that one really gets to me, particularly because I personally, I adore kissing and mm. uh, a lot of the bookings that I have are incredibly intimate and involve a lot of, uh, you know, passion. It's very unusual for a client not to go down on me, frankly, um, and I think that surprises a lot of people who don't have experience in the industry. This really ties into a myth that I particularly don't like, which is that that sex with escorts or sex with sex workers is recreational, that it's not like real sex, that it's it's kind of just for fun. It's kind of this idea that we have loving, caring, connected, intimate sex with our romantic partners. And then if we hook up with someone or if we have sex with a sex worker, it's really mechanical and there's no feelings. And part, it's, it feels like ki not kissing is part of the sign that there's no feelings and you're not really into each other. Yeah, I love that. That's not how it goes. Like sex always involves a degree of connection because if you weren't interested in connecting with the person in some way, you would go, you know, you'd go spend your grand on a, one of those realistic love dolls or you'd, mm. you know, have a wank or whatever, right? Exactly, yeah. You'd, you'd do it for free because mm. you, yeah. can, you can have an orgasm at home. That's, that's fine. It's about getting the other person involved, which means by definition it's not just about the mechanics. It's not just about treating someone like, a, um, like an object. Mm. Unless that's your kink and that's totally cool too. <laughs> but yeah, and I, know, I mean, I know that there are some sex workers who do really separate things like that. And there may be some clients who do that as well, who have their personal partners and that's very, very different to their, uh, to their bookings. Different but, type of sex. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, there's nothing wrong with, with having that separation. But uh, I agree with you. Like for me, it's much more on a, on a case by case basis. And mm. there are clients that I will really connect with and have more of an intimate experience with. And there are times when my sex at home is more functional. You know, I've been married 12 years. So sometimes, right. you know, we don't have that much intimacy. And of course, often we do, but it, it's just, it's not, um, yeah, I, I can't really separate the two as distinctly um, as that. It's good to not, to not go to extremes but it's not a it shouldn't mm. be a false binary like you know but I, I do think that even if you're not having romantic sex with someone you're still uh connecting with them as a person so there's still a degree of intimacy even if you're having full porno sex there's still intimacy there yeah it's absolutely not, romance and intimacy are not necessarily the same thing right so you're actually you know this whole uh, you know, a sex worker won't kiss you because it's really just about you getting to stick your dick in something if you're a bloke um, or a person with a dick. Um, you know, it's not, that's not quite right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it just isn't. And it's, and as you and I know, that's not reflective of our experiences. That's, that's not actually what happens. And I find so many clients are really um, are looking for so much more than that. They're looking for a connection with another human being, and that can, that connection can take all all sorts of forms and forms. shapes. But um, but it's just yeah, it's, uh, it comes. It's also well, all the misconceptions tie into one, don't they? Because the other one is that uh, that we're selling our bodies. 
Oh, which is my next most favourite myth. And let's talk about that. Because I did think that when I started in the sex industry. Like I thought people were just paying to access my vagina and that (laughs) it wasn't about me and that they were going to be super creepy and it was going to be very objectifying. Like Mm -hmm. they'd just be like, I want to fuck anyone. They don't care who it is. Yeah. But it's completely the opposite. They do care. In my experience, and this was brothel work I started off in, so I was meeting a lot of people and then they'd pick the person they wanted to see. But they did it, it did matter, like how well we got on mattered, like who I was, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think this, um, it, it like, well, of course, the, the issue with the, the idea that we sell our bodies is that, I mean, if you believe that, then you believe that construction workers sell their bodies and that people in the army sell their bodies and et cetera. I mean, well, I mean they bit, sell the labour of their bodies. Yes, and, absolutely. But was that a bad thing? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're all selling ourselves. That's it's capitalism. Hello, welcome. Well, but- <laughs> sell, sell, selling our labour, not selling ourselves. Yes, sorry, this, is yes. the other, this is the other problem I have with like aunties and people who are down on sex work saying, oh, you're selling yourself and all these sex workers are like, but after the job, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I sold myself because I'm still here. Well, no more than any other job. That's just right. it. As you said, selling our labour, selling our experience, selling our knowledge, selling whatever effort. it is. Selling our physical yes. effort. Our time. Cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I've, I've got, yeah, I have no issue with that. I'm happy to sell my labour. And if it's physical labour, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, this, uh, but it, I, I think a lot of people think that clients come to us just for our bodies and that's just not the case. And that, sure, there may be some, but the vast majority are looking for a lot more than just a body, I think. I think the problem for clients and, and you know, I'd be interested to know what our listeners think of this, but I think some one of the problem for clients in thinking that sex work is about buying sex is that maybe they might sh- they might arrange a session, show up, and feel like uh, because they've paid they should be getting ticking this box of sexual activities. And then sometimes one or two of those activities doesn't happen. Um, sometimes sex doesn't even happen. Maybe you know for various reasons. If you had a few drinks, having trouble getting an erection, stuff like that. And then they feel really shortchanged because to them getting the sex was what they were paying for. Um, and I don't think it's a very good frame to approach a, particularly an escort booking because like, you know, when you meet a new person, you don't know how it's going to go. It's not set in stone what will happen or what sexy activities you'll get up to. And it's kind of sets you up for failure um, because you've got this expectation that you're going to get sex and it's going to look like what you want. Yeah. And really like you can't plan a, an intimate experience with another human being like that. As you said, there's so many factors. There's so many things that can kind of go wrong or that just don't, or even it might go right, but it actually, you're not enjoying it as much as you thought you might, you know, you, you might start doing an activity and go, Oh, I'm actually not that into that. And yeah. want to move on to something else. And that's so okay. And it doesn't mean that you haven't got what you paid for. You know, I agree. I think it really sets people up for disappointment and there's a lot of pressure as well mm. on them to, you know, quote unquote perform. perform. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. If you go into a booking with a sex worker thinking that you've paid for the sex and you have to have the sex and if you can't get a hard on, for example, that you've failed the whole thing and you've wasted your time, that's a lot of pressure. And a lot of people that do meet sex workers for the first time are so nervous often um, that this stuff can happen, right? Absolutely. It's so common. Yeah. So putting all that pressure on yourself to do the sex in a particular way and that you have to come or that they have to come is just, it's, 
it's unnecessary when really the goal is actually just to enjoy yourself in whatever way uh, feels right at the time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just to have an experience with another person, yeah, whatever that may be. And if, if there's an orgasm involved, awesome. If there's cuddling involved, awesome. If there's some kind of catharsis, whether it be physical or emotional or mental, then bloody brilliant. But sort of none of that is a guarantee. You might just have a really awesome conversation. Yeah, I've had some fantastic conversations and, yeah, I think that that's, like I love the term sex work and I fully embrace that term and I love calling it what it is, but sometimes that can be a little bit confusing because it isn't always, well, I I think it is always connected to that, but when people think of sex, sorry, they think of a specific thing. Um, Yes. And and sex is a lot broader. It's a lot broader than just PIV or just orgasms. You know, conversation can be sex for me. You know, flirting is sex for me. All sorts of, I don't like the term foreplay because it implies there's foreplay and then there's sex. I'm like, no, no, it's all the sex. Yes, I feel the same. I've never liked that term. It's like we, apparently we have this thing beforehand and then we transition to the sex part and I've never felt that way. That's never been uh, the experience that I've had. We're just having a good time together. Yeah, and in fact having like, um, like, you know, PIV, sex nonstop for 30 minutes actually isn't that much fun. You want to be doing all the other things, the cuddling and the kissing and the touching and the making out. They should all be part of the sex. It's not like you tick those boxes and then jump straight into the jackhammer stuff. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. This is kind of like I'm cheating because I can see a list of a few of your favourite myths that you may have you may have given me a bit of a cheat sheet beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this kind of relates to... Um, to what you said about um, people assuming that we have sex in all of our sessions that because, you know, it is called sex work. So of course I'd understand if people assume that um, all we do is have sex during our bookings. Mm, yeah. Which, and we just, that's not the case. And as you said, uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's two points to it. One, one point is the, there are bookings where we don't have any sex or uh, certainly not traditional sex, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, PIV. And then there's also the part of even the bookings that we do have sex in, we're generally not having sex the entire time. That would you be know, really tiring. Yes. Yes. For everyone involved. And I don't think it would necessarily be pleasant for, for everyone. Some people might like that, but I think for most people, that's kind of a, it's a bit much. So if you break it down, like say we have a one hour booking, that's 60 minutes the sex, say the PIV in particular, or the PIA or the whatever it is, whatever bitch you've got the rubbing together. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that can last anywhere from uh, 30 seconds to maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes, I guess. It can can be longer, but generally, you know, in my experience, it's usually only a few minutes. So what are we doing for the other 55 minutes, you know? Right, talking. Yeah, we're talking, there might be oral sex, of course, there might be kissing, there might be cuddling, there might be other physical things, um, but a lot of it is that there's the, the mental and the emotional stimulation. Which is a big lead up to good sex, right? Like yes. the, those the, those shorter bursts of really intense sex are sort of built up to with flirting and with thinking, oh, what are we going to do next or finding out what the other person's into and sort of getting really horny about it before you start doing the thing. Yeah. And then I think that's then the other part of it is that some people only want that part of it or are only able to do that part of it. Some people uh, may not want to have sex or too much sexual contact. 
Uh, some people mm. may want it but aren't able to on that day. Some people may, it's not unusual. I think people are surprised by this. It's not unusual for me to have clients who on the first booking maybe don't want to go all the way, so to yeah. speak. Um, sort of like you might if you were dating somebody because they I don't love know that. me that well. Yeah, and they're not sort of comfortable and they, they want to explore a little bit, get to know me a bit more, and then maybe the, the second or the third time they come to see me, they feel comfortable opening themselves up uh, like that, which is really understandable. Not everyone's a massive whore like me. <laughs> like me. <laughs> who can exactly who can just just get it on as soon as they meet someone. Um right. yeah. Part so, of that is feeling safe. And yes. sometimes it is about emotional connection. I have a lot of friends who are what we call demisexual, which means that they're not really sexually attracted to someone until they've actually gotten to know them as a person and formed a pretty significant emotional connection. So those friends of mine don't do don't do one night stands at all. They don't do hookups at all. And if they mm-hmm. saw a sex worker, they'd need to get to know them over in a few dates before they could really get in that sexy zone of wanting to actually get intimate in that way. Yeah, I actually posted on Instagram just the other day uh, doing a little, you know, question box saying what uh, what are some misconceptions about the sex industry and or ones that you may have previously held and you now see are wrong. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was actually a very good timing. I didn't even really think about this. But <gasps> I'm going to link to I that. I did my research. Send there me you know. the link and okay, I will. Okay, yeah. we'll do. Um, but the uh, somebody had written in that as a the misconception was that as a demisexual that they wouldn't be able to get any benefit out of seeing sex workers, and they said that they found that was absolutely not the case, and they yes. they got so much out of seeing sex workers. Um, and I thought that was really wonderful because it isn't something that I had really thought too much about. Mm. But then when I thought about it, I went, you know what, I probably have had a number of clients who may well categorize themselves as Demi. Right. Um, and it makes perfect sense. And they were just sort of saying sex workers are very, um, uh, you know, very good at, at all the other stuff too. Yeah. I like to think we're pretty great at the sex, but I think we're good at other things as well. <laughs> my um, my parents, here we go. <laughs> my, so I'm I'm out to everyone. And yeah. uh, uh, sometime last year, I haven't seen my folks in a while because they're out of state. We're watching TV or something and they're like, you're doing really well at work. Like you must, you must like have some really like special skills <laughs> to do your job. I think they meant fucking like a madman. Yes. But I said yes. I have really good social skills. Yes. Like I have really good emotional skills. Yeah. That's that's the job. And they were like, oh, because that was not what they were expecting. No. Yeah. I uh, was talking to my mum early on when I had first sort of told her about the work that I do and she was struggling with it a lot and I was trying to explain and, and justify really. I was trying to justify what I was doing, which is not something I feel the need to do anymore. But at the time I was writing a letter about the things that, the, the positives of sex work for mm. me and my husband was with me when I was writing it and one of the things was I said like I'm really good at it you know and he was like do you want your parents to know that and I was like yeah no because <laughs> yeah, fuck I, it. I am really good at it it doesn't mean that I'm excellent in bed even though I think that I am but being excellent in bed is a fucking great skill it is a bloody great skill but it also means having good interpersonal skills being, being good it. at listening and communicating and holding like space it, mm, exactly creating a safe space and uh, creating or hold, yeah, holding someone's vulnerability and, and allowing them to, to be themselves. And, right. and that's, they're all, they're huge skills. How did that go? How did the list go? Can I ask? Um, 
actually used to be, I used to have the list up on my website. I think I've taken it down now because I gave up on the idea of blogging because unlike you, I'm not a writer. But <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's debatable. <laughs> it is. It is. I prefer the talking. That's all I discovered. I like to get my message across uh, vocally rather than written. But um, look, you know, uh, I, I don't know if she responded directly to that list, but uh, it's been a few years now and, you know, uh, she's come a really, really, really long way. Mm. Uh, it hasn't been easy on them. Um, yeah. I take my hat off to them for for sort of, yeah, coming on the journey with me and, and getting to a point where, you know, my parents for 18 months ago for Christmas, they bought me a, um, a painting, a red umbrella painting, um, which broke me down. And they're not, you know, they're of that generation that are amazing at communicating. So we haven't really like spoken about it, but that was a real sign to me that, that awesome. I mean, that was a huge gesture. So I, uh, yeah, we're in a pretty good place. My, my mother now, um, sometimes shouts at the television when news items come on and what she shouts yeah. is, um, don't you talk about prostitutes in that way? And then I have to go, Mum, no, I, love, I love where you're coming from, but it's sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. But, you know, it's about the intent, isn't it? Right. And she Bless has, her. Yeah. Bless her. Yeah. Um, this kind of, oh, no, I've lost it. This really reminded me of another myth that was not on the list. Oh. But it's gone. It's oh, gone. that we are unskilled, perhaps? That we have no other I think I was gonna talk about you know how sometimes when when people bring up sex work, when I bring up sex work sex work around non workers and like they want to be supportive, so they say, Oh, you know, and I understand that um I understand that it's not all about the sex. Like, you know, sometimes it's just about companionship. And they're right, and this is literally what we just talked about, right? But yeah. I kind of also feel like they're saying, oh, sex work is okay because it's about more than just the sex. Yes, they're justifying it. They're justifying it by saying it's okay, we're going to de- devalue the sex and value the emotional stuff that you do. And it's very important to acknowledge the emotional work we do. I think it's yes. the biggest part of the job. But I also think there's nothing wrong with sex and sex is awesome and that if we want a um, service that involves sexual activities like that's a thing that we should all be able to go and do absolutely like yeah. we shouldn't try and justify sex work by saying oh, oh you know there's a lot of um you know it's mostly about companionship the same way we shouldn't justify justify sex work by saying oh you know um i bet you see a lot of people with disabilities and stuff good on you that's great like uh you know it's okay for everyone to um to to see a sex worker you don't have to be some sort of special case people who have a disability are absolutely entitled to see a sex worker but regular people are too there's nothing mm. wrong with mm. sex yeah i mean we're not a charity we don't need to be compared uh to that to justify because that's not what what we are where you know it, it's work and we don't have to just kind of bury the sex bit under the rug and talk up yeah. the other stuff like the fact that we see people with a disability or the fact that we we do a lot of companionship stuff. Like we should be able to talk about all of these things and they're all equally legitimate. So I feel like that happens a bit sometimes too, that people will try and push the sex stuff out of the frame a bit so they can feel better about sex work. But no, no, sex happens and, and sex is okay. As much as I'm focusing on the uh, all the other skills, there is that skill as well. You know, when I have a, a half-hour booking, which I quite enjoy, there's a place for all of them in my life, I also have the skill at getting down and dirty very quickly and 
achieving that that task you know and that's and I feel quite accomplished at the end of those bookings and that's you know you Mm. compare that to an overnight where there's a lot of the companionship and all of that and both of those are skills that I believe that I have super um, valid and that I like putting to work and there's a place for all of them and having great emotional skills is an amazing skill which um, many or most of us have and having great sex skills is also a really really worthy and awesome skill that will improve can improve everyone's quality of life. Absolutely. Um, yeah, these are all, they're all valid. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that actually I'm having a little sneak peek at your list now. That's <laughs> all right. I cheated, so you're allowed to Yeah, cheat. I figured I could pay, pay you back with that one, um, which it almost comes, uh, oh, I don't know if it connects to this, but I was just thinking about how we can also have really wonderful sexual experiences with our clients. Like it's not the clients, hopefully, obviously are having good sexual experiences. Um, but a lot of the time we can as well. And I think there's Mm. this, uh, myth that we can't enjoy the sex that we have at work. Um, that sex workers hate, hate the sex. That we hate the sex, that we hate men, perhaps that we hate, um, our clients, and that our, you know, that our clients aren't maybe nice to us. I think there's all mm. sorts of things around that. And I actually think there's quite a lot of stigma out there around being a client to an extent, yeah. even yeah. though it's been represented in media since the beginning of time. Um, I think that I find particularly amongst my like lefty friends, when I will say, Hey, um, I'm a sex worker, they'll go, the response is kind of like, oh, you do you, girl, respect, woo, like do the hustle. There's all that that sort of rhetoric oh, around but it. but fuck those clients. Exactly. Oh, That's the follow-up. The follow-up is, oh, but what are, aren't the, no, it's, no, I hate it. And the, yeah, the, the follow-up to that is, oh, but aren't the guys gross? And of course it's always guys because no one ever, they, you know, they, they always forget that there are people other than men who book sex workers. Right. But that's their response and it's just, and that I think is is one that obviously does does harm clients, and I think it also puts and them workers. in a position. And yeah, exactly. That's just it. I think it, it harms all of us, um, and it can put clients in a position where they're not actually putting their best foot forward mm. because they're thinking, "Well, I'm just this gross creep who's oh. desperate, or you know, whatever." And I'm having. I mean, oh gosh, I had a booking once where most of the booking was spent with this guy talking about how he had hit rock bottom having to hire a sex worker. Oh, God, the poor bastard. Oh, I know. And the <laughs> Exactly. And I was just and sitting there going, you. oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, it must be really tough for you having to be here with me. It was so unpleasant. That was one of my worst oh, bookings, I would say, fuck. because he was just sitting there talking about how this this was the bottom for him. And I was like, well, I'm sorry I had to be here for Glad it. Glad I can help you experience rock bottom, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, it's kind of funny and it's also terrible for you. And then reading between the lines of how they must feel about themselves in their own yes. head, I just, I'm just like, mate, you don't have to do that. You don't no. have to do that to yourself. I had, a, I had someone write in via my anonymous question form recently mm. and it was something along the lines of, um, you know, <laughs> How do we get over the fact that, um, you know, the the sex workers we see probably just hate us and look down on us so much? And it's it's like, oh, dude, you are projecting because we do not like this is yeah. it's it's kind of like they're saying how they feel about themselves, right? Imagine exactly. going into a booking being convinced that the person you're with thinks you're gross or creepy or hates you, like. 
oh, it's not a good position to have fun in at all. Not at all, yes, and it's quite self-defeating because if anything, you, you're more likely to come out of it not feeling great about yourself yeah. because that's what, you know. And I know, I mean, gosh, we can't solve the problems of people having self-esteem issues and lacking yes, I confidence. Yes, can. I'm trying. <laughs> we can try. We can absolutely try and we should try. <laughs> oh, just knocked my microphone. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I just um, screamed into my microphone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a gesticulator, so I get a bit, I get a bit wild. <laughs> sometimes um but but yeah I mean it's just not true we we see such a wide range of people um from all walks of life and and generally and I mean I'm coming from a place of privilege to an extent of course saying this but generally my clients treat me so so well um and I think that I genuinely think that they are good people I think sex workers we really have the ability to see the good in people Mm. even if it maybe isn't you know apparent right up front um we're good at finding that in people um, and I, I mean, people have called me naive, but I, I believe there is good in everyone. And I believe that everyone deserves to feel compassion and love and deserves to feel, um, wanted and desired. Mm, I think that that's, right. a, you know, I think that's a really important, uh, human experience to have. For our well being, Yes. Yeah. And it's true. Everyone has different experiences and, you know, like any business where you're encountering members of the public, right? I've worked in a call centre. I know what that's like. Mm. You sometimes run into some assholes. It's not about sex work. It's about the world, right? Yep. I worked um, retail for many years. Oh, I'm with you there. Thing. Oh, yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like I do like to approach it with the idea that, you know, this is something that we, you know, we all deserve to feel heard and have a space where we can express ourselves and feel sexy. And it has nothing to do with whether you're um, attractive or young or socially confident. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with that stuff. It's just that everyone does deserve to to feel sexy occasionally and to experience intimacy. Um, so yeah, clients coming in thinking that that they don't deserve that and that they should feel guilty for trying to get it. Oh, that's not fair. Like it's not fair at all. No, I actually almost sort of had this misconception myself before entering the industry, and part of it is why I wanted to do it because I had this image of the creepy old man. And yeah. that's uh, historically what I've always been attracted to myself. <laughs> I've always, I've always had a bit of a kink for that. Um, for some reason, who knows what childhood trauma that relates to? Oh, look, we but- all have our things. <laughs> oh, yeah, certain kinks. Let's not yeah. go into that. No, yeah. and we're and we're not here for kink shaming, of course. But yeah, that was what I was always historically found myself attracted to, and I thought, oh yeah, great, I'll do that, and I'll get paid for it. And I was shocked to find they weren't creepy. No. <laughs> what I signed up for they weren't necessarily old I mean there's a you get a huge range of Mm -hmm. ages you get all sorts the fact that I was getting clients younger than me was I was like what is this that really shocked me now of course I'm not surprised by anything right um and that they were from all different backgrounds uh, all different jobs all different um experiences and that's one of the things that I don't know about you but I love about my job is that I get to hear hear all these stories and hear about all these people's lives that are so yeah. far removed from my own I wouldn't normally come into contact with those people it's really cool and they do share and you yes. know clients do open up and talk about their experiences and I find it really interesting uh, and they have I've learned really interesting things yeah I one of my favorite things is learning about jobs that I didn't know existed <gasps> what's your best one so I was in Tasmania and I look, I'm a, I'm not great with geography, and I met a client who works in Antarctica, 
And I was like, what? And I was just so baffled by that. Oh, that's that I didn't, awesome. I was like, what do you mean? And he was, and he showed me pictures of his work and there were just like penguins around yes. and it was just the coolest thing ever. So he would, I think it was something like he would, he would travel down to Antarctica for six months of the year and then would oh. be back in Tasmania for six months and was just literally showing me these photos of his work that looked like they were in uh, National Geographic and I can't, I think he was in like construction and I didn't even know they had, now I feel like an idiot saying it, but I didn't realize they had buildings. Construction. To get, you know, I, I didn't thought know they were they were, all yeah. igloos or like well, exactly. research huts. <laughs> that's yeah. And that's naively what was in my mind. And then I was like, this is so cool. You freaking commute to Antarctica for work. Holy shit. That is freaking awesome. Yeah. I had a date with someone who swum the English Channel once, oh, which wow. is a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, and it was such an interesting story, although I have to say the most interesting bit was when he explained how when he had to take a shit, um, he'd ask his support team to go to the other side of the boat so they couldn't see him because <laughs> you don't get out of the water, you just go and keep going. So that was that was my learning for the day. That's one of those things I've never thought about. You can't stop to take a poop. They when just you're swimming poop in the, the water sh- like yeah. a fish. Like a fish except more poop. And what about their clock? Like they still got their swimmers on, I guess. Oh, what do you do? I didn't ask I about know. that. I'm like, do you do a little, do you just pull it to the side? Do you hop, yeah. do you dog paddle? We it wasn't. We were cuddling in bed, so it wasn't really. I wanted yeah. to know. I oh, always want to know these to details. Know. Yes, me too. <laughs> so you know, this is a two way thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I love, I love meeting new people. This is it's one of the best bits of the job. Yeah, so cool. Oh, so good. And getting to know them, that's one of my other favourite. I keep saying my favourite thing, my favourite thing. Clearly I just love the job. But something I love is getting to know someone so intimately so quickly and I feel like so many other people don't get to have that experience regularly. And Mm -hmm. it's on getting to know someone like physically and emotionally and mentally really quickly. And I think especially with men, uh, sometimes they take their clothes off and or they have an orgasm and a whole bunch of shit falls mm-hmm. away and you really they get can to open up. see them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. I love it. I mean, it. sex gives us all those chemicals, the oxytocin mm. and the dopamine that actually allow us to bond and trust someone. So, of course, then you can have a wonderful conversation about your feelings or, you know, all sorts of stuff that you might not be able to do um, mm. with a stranger because your brain just isn't in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, over the last sort of 18 months, we've certainly seen more of a need for uh, being able to share feelings and, and open up because there's a lot of people that are feeling quite isolated and, mm. and struggling with that. And, you know, what my hope is, I guess, that once we're out of lockdown, there's going to be a lot of people that need to reconnect and that yeah. need to debrief. Um, and, of course, folks, if you have some really heavy stuff going on for you, please debrief with your therapist Uh and not your sex worker, but getting that can human connection again and just learning to reconnect with people and flirt and chat with people and getting sexy again if you've been in isolation for a long time. Yeah, sex workers are great people for that. So please yeah. consider that as an option. Yeah, I hope there's a lot of sex happening. I hope so too. I, I talked a lot about the fucking last year on my podcast, The Art of the Hookup. The fucking never happened because we just keep getting locked down over and no, over. No, it's, it's coming though. It's coming. We just have nice to. Nice choice of words. Uh, thank you. It was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for this. This has been a really awesome chat. I don't even know if we covered off all our myths. I feel like we just merged it into one giant meta myth. Yeah, sort of, which is the, yeah, the myth. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you'd title it, but just... Just, we're just trying to demystify it in general, aren't we? What, what it's like, man. Yeah. What it's like. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Clients are great. We love them. Um, 
yeah, thanks for booking us. Let's have good times together. (laughs) And let's do it again quickly as soon as we're allowed to leave the house. Exactly. Yep. So Uh. I mentioned that um, folks might want to have a look at your other stuff. Can you tell us what else is going on for you and where we can find your podcast, your other work? I would love that. So my podcast is called Somebody You Love. I shouldn't say my podcast. I host it with uh, a friend of mine, Holly Hart, who's another full-service sex worker. Um, So our website is somebodyyoulove.net. The name comes from the idea that, you know, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. There's actually a whole bunch of us out there. And it kind of extends somebody you love might be a client, somebody you love uh, might be an ally. Like we're just the sex industries out there. You might love your sex worker, in which case come and check out some of the articles on my site because we do need to talk about that. Yes, we do. It's it's okay, but we need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) and we're on all the social medias at somebodyyoupod, P-O-D. My name sort of everywhere tends to be Jenna has red hair because I have red hair and I'm not very creative. Bloody great. Thank you so much for chatting. It's been really fun. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great to catch up with you again.